You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. So, then, let's get started here on episode 375 of the A Foreign Affair podcast. I am Edward Green, not joined by my call-in crime, Wes Bradshaw, this week. Uh, we are going to be taking, uh, for the summer, um, with Wes's new work schedule, we're going to be taking about every other week to do Anfield Corners. Um, but once the season starts getting back, uh, we will be coming at you live every single week we can. Um so this week, uh, we will be having an Anfield Corner, so we will be getting Wes's thoughts on the news of the day and week as it relates to soccer. Um, we will have a bit of an update before then on the CONCACAF Gold Cup, because I'm sure, and the Summer Olympics, because those have still gone ahead. That's, that's nice. Um, we'll also have a little bit of news and notes and pimp the athletic before we get on out of here. Um, so yeah, this will be a fun podcast, and then we'll hit up uh, Anfield Corner with Wes a little later on in the pod. Uh, before we start, I want to let you know that the Foreign Affair Podcast is presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Um, so let's get started with the CONCACAF Gold Cup. And um, yeah, we have finalized the group drawings. So those are good to go now. Um, Mexico still comes through with a pair of wins. Um, after the draw with Trinidad and Tobago, um, they beat Guatemala 3-0 and El Salvador 1-0 to top the group. Very important was that win over El Salvador because El Salvador finished in second, just one point behind them. Uh, El Salvador also won their other two matches in the group, so they'll finish second in advance. Trinidad and Tobago, Guatemala, sayonara, you all are going home. Um, over in Group B, the U.S. and Canada um, will be advancing after the United States won a controversial 1-0 victory over the Canadians uh, a few days ago. The uh, United States, much like England, scoring very early on with Shaq Moore scoring in the first minute of the match, setting a new USMNT record for earliest goal scored in a match ever, um, passing Clint Dempsey's goal against uh, Ghana in the 2014 World Cup. Um the United States won that match and will be heading on as group winners. Canada finishes second. Haiti and Martinique are, are both eliminated. Um, group C, Costa Rica wins the group after beating Jamaica 1-0 in their final matchup. Uh, Brian Ruiz with the winner there in the 53rd minute. Um, Suriname and Guadalupe are eliminated. Suriname did get the win in their final matchup 2-1. Over on Group D... Qatar won the group. Cool. They beat Honduras in their last match 2-0, so... Yay, Qatar! Honduras will be still advancing as a second team out of Group D. 
Panama. Uh, even as there were three one winners over Grenada in their final matchup, they will not be advancing. Uh, which also means that three teams in this tournament finished with zero points. Guatemala was the fourth place team in Group A, but they did get a point after joining with Trinidad and Tobago. Um, so that does set up the knockout stage, which starts up this Saturday. Match will be played this Saturday and Sunday. Um, first on July 24th, um, Qatar versus El Salvador. Doesn't get more Gold Cup than that. And uh, also that day, Mexico versus Honduras. Um, on Sunday will be the United States versus Jamaica in the quarterfinals, along with Costa Rica versus Canada. Um, a bit more air quotes, traditional powers in those matchups, I guess, for, for the Gold Cup. Um, so those will all take place then. On the 29th, which is next Thursday, um, the uh, semifinals will take place. So all we'll be able to get you for next week is the quarterfinals. I know you're dying to hear about those. Um, but we'll see if we're on a collision course for another U.S. versus Mexico final. Uh, you know what? After the, the one earlier this year, uh, it was pretty hype. But uh, without most of the, the international players there, it kind of kind of loses a little bit of its luster. So, uh, but that's that's where we're going for Gold Cup quarterfinals this weekend. Um, Olympic football, the, the they are underway, even though we still have yet to have the opening ceremonies. Uh, both the men and women are underway. Uh, the sixteen teams in the men's side have all played one match uh, over in Group A. Mexico and Japan both won their matches as they defeated uh, as Mexico defeated France 3-0 or sorry 4-1 and Japan had a 1-0 victory over South Africa. Uh, over in group B, New Zealand and Romania both picked up 1-0 victories over South Korea and Honduras. Um, in group C, Australia, the top of the group after they had a 2-0 victory over Argentina. Spain and Egypt drew nil-nil, so they are both at one point apiece. And in Group D, Brazil, with a 4-2 exciting victory over Germany. They are top in the group, along with Cote d'Ivoire, who won 2-1 over Saudi Arabia. Um, so those matches will be continuing. We can take a look at the sketch here. Yep, uh, they will be going through the 28th. So by next Wednesday, we will know what the knockout stage looks like. Uh, top two teams in each group do advance. Um, so we'll be seeing how those shake up and shake out. Over on the women's side, a bit of an upset uh, over in Group G. Just realized the uh, the women's groups continue the lettering from the men's groups. So so the men's groups, of course, have A, B, C, D, and the women are group E, F, G. Okay, then. Um, but yeah, over in group G, uh, the United States with a shock 3-0 loss to Sweden. Um, so they are, they are in dire straits right now, um, but they do have matches against Australia and New Zealand still to come. Australia, 2-1 uh, winners in their first matchup against New Zealand. Um, Group E, uh, England, Great Britain, I guess I should say, 2-0 winners over Chile, and Japan and Canada with a 1-1 draw split the points there. And over in Group F, the Netherlands, 10-3 winners over Zambia, um, and Brazil, 5-0 winners over China. That's a, that's a group. That is a group. 
Um, now, that is actually also somewhat good news <laughs> for the U.S. women. Uh, of course, the big group in the Group F will be on uh, Saturday as Brazil and Netherlands square off. But um, why that's good for the U.S. women's team is much like in Euros, um, two of the best, two out of the three best third place teams from each group will be going on as well. So the top two from each group automatically advance. The top two third place teams also advance. So if the United States just gets to six, it's fairly likely they will advance. But even if they are like in a weird tiebreaker where they end up finishing third, because of how bad China and Zambia already look, there is a good chance that a third place finish will get the United States through. Now, third place finish in that group and with them advancing would put them up against the winner of Group E. So, which which right now, again, is Great Britain. Very strong team there. So, not suggesting the United States should look to just finish third. But uh, there is... Still with two matches to play against Australia and New Zealand, if the United States women's team does bounce back uh, and gets at least even like four points would probably be enough. Um, but certainly, certainly six would be enough for them to show through. But they will need to bounce back quickly against their next opponent, which is New Zealand. And that matchup is also on a Saturday. Um, so we will we'll see how that turns out. Um, so that's Olympic football. Let's hit the news and notes. Uh, UEFA did announce their team of the tournament. I think this came out. I guess we didn't even talk about this last week. Our apologies. Uh, the team of the tournament for Euros was uh, Donnarumma from Italy in goal. Uh, a back four of Kyle Walker, Leonardo Benucci, Harry Maguire, and Leonardo Spinazzola. Um, the midfield was Jorginho, Pierre Huyberg. Pedri and Federico Chiesa. And then up top, it was Lukaku and Sterling. Um, so obviously a lot of England and Italy representation, along with one from Spain and Denmark and Belgium. There you go there. Um, ooh, this was, a, this was a fun story from The Athletic that came out last late last week. Uh, exclusive for Matt Slater, Saudi Italy 2030 World Cup bid being considered, and it's not as far-fetched as it might sound. Um, which, yeah, if you, oof, mmm, mmm, so fun, so much fun. Anyway, um, they, they, because apparently FIFA really hates England. Um, the, the problems at Wembley may be held against them in a 2030 World Cup bid. I think Wes and I touched on that a little bit last week, but, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia and Italy, the pinnacles of well-behaved spectators, just, mwah, chef's kiss. Um, I think I texted this to Wes, um, and I just, I don't understand why, because, because I do understand, like, yes, the... The the things that happened at Euro, the Euro final at Wembley, was terrible, and those fans behaved abominably. Um, but other regions have issues, and then some people are like, well, the, England has a colonial past that they must answer for. It's like, yeah, so does a lot of Europe. Like, 
People have been throwing out a Spain-Portugal bid. Guess what? Those two countries don't exactly have a clean ledger when it comes to imperialism. Um, Italy, also kind of racist. Just saying. And Saudi Arabia, well, the less said about them, the better, I think. Um, so I, I don't like this. This moral high ground is being used as an argument seemingly just against England when it could be argued against, like, everybody. Like, if you want to just say, yeah, fans were shit, you can't have that at a World Cup final, yeah, sure, that, that, that is absolutely a strike against England. For sure. For sure. But the other reasons are bullshit. Like, they just are. Like, at this point, pretty much every country kind of sucks. At, at least, at least kind of sucks. USA included. Everywhere just kind of sucks as a bare minimum. So bringing up shit like that, I just, I don't like it because, because again, for everything you can say about England, you can say more about Saudi Arabia and their treatment of women and minorities and, and especially religious minorities or Italy. And again, their treatment of black people, it's terrible. So meh, meh, meh. And of course, you know, with Saudi Arabia being incredibly hot, that, that's probably going to be another Winter World Cup if it happens just like Qatar in 2022. So, but hey, you know, got to get that oil money. That's, that's what's most important. Um, speaking of racial abuse, didn't mean to uh, seg you like that, but here we are. Um, Germany's uh, men's Olympic team last week walked off the football pitch after Jordan Tornoriga was allegedly racially abused um, by the Honduran football team. Uh, this happened in the final few minutes of the match. Um, and, of course, you're in Klinsman, who is the uh, Hertha manager. Um, oh, I'm sorry, that, that was from another point. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm reading this article from Bleacher Report. Uh, Jürgen Klinsman's quotes was from another match uh, earlier in February 2020 when Torin Riga was, uh, was racially abused by people in Germany. Um, so yeah, unfortunate, but good on the German national team for, uh, for walking off the pitch like that and, and sticking up for one of their players. Big, big approval. Um, PSG and Paul Pogba, according to get football news, France, which is, uh, sourcing their article from canal, um, is saying that PSG and Paul Pogba are close to an agreement. um, it looks like United will initially look to get at least 70 to 80 million euros for him. Seems kind of low. Like, I know Pogba is very mercurial. But it seems like a really low number, especially considering if he, the way he slots into that French team, uh, or sorry, to PSG, like, we see him in France, and it's like when you build a team around him and you have like world-class talents around him, especially ahead of him, he's absurdly good. Like, he, he is truly world-class. And in those situations, he really shows it off at a consistent level. And PSG had that with, with guys like Neymar and, and Mbappe. But, you know... I, I would have expected United would have won a little bit more, especially when you hear about how much, or supposedly, uh, Tottenham would need to let go of Harry Kane. And, and I know that 
Injuries aside, Harry Kane tends to be a much more consistent performer than someone like Pogba, but and he probably means more to Spurs than Pogba does to United. But I'm 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 a little surprised that that United would would settle for less than a hundred. But it is a COVID market after all. Um, this coming from Bleacher Report: uh, Arsenal has reportedly canceled their American preseason tour due to COVID nineteen issues and um, different multiple players on the team. Uh, testing positive <sighs> because of course they are um they were supposed to come to uh play in the florida cup um which you know definitely if you if you want <laughs> if you didn't want covid probably shouldn't go to florida um so i do think it's interesting that uh this was going to be a thing at all i didn't even realize it was a thing florida cup 2021 um currently currently advertising Everton versus Milonarios FC. I'm not sure who that is. I imagine this is being run through the ICC people. Wait, or is this just like... Who is this being run through? Like, this feels very much like an ICC thing. But I'm trying to figure out... Wait, there are more Florida Cups? Really? Oh, is it just that, like, it wasn't usually, like, a... Wow, we're doing this live on air, I guess. Um, event, uh, history. Because, yeah, I'd never heard of this thing. Florida Cup, like, 2017. What was Florida Cup 2017? Wolfsburg, Bayer, 04, um, Studiantes. So it's, like, very... Very low-level clubs. Um, so, yeah, okay. So I guess Arsenal being at it would actually have been kind of like a big deal. Um, but it doesn't look like they're going to now. Um, also, uh, Inter Milan also withdrew from that, apparently. Well, then. Yeah, I'd never heard of this. I, I just assumed this was like some... Like ICC Charlie Stilettano thing. Apparently, I'm wrong. Apparently, I am wrong. Wow. Ah. Yep. Ooh, did not know this was a thing. And apparently, it wasn't always like a very big thing. I'm guessing. But uh, yeah, who was supposed to be? So, oh yeah, this is like it. Wait, who? Who? So wait, who are the actual other teams in this? Wait, statement regarding the football. Yeah, so Inter Inter Milan had to drop out. Um, Arsenal. We are disappointed that Arsenal decided not to participate in the Florida Cup. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess Arsenal's coming. So I guess Everton. Everton is. Oh, God. You know what? There's other Everton news we could get into this week. We're not going to get into that. Um, there's so much speculation in that bullshit that I, I really want to just wait until there's a lot more concrete information. But if you just look up Everton criminal case, or just go to Everton's website, and the, you'll see the update from a couple days ago. You'll see. Just go check that out. So, 
Yeah, I bet we could. I bet we could get media credited for this though. Um. Wow. So it was going to be. So it was going to be. Let's see. Uh, the first team rosters from Arsenal, Inter, Everton, and Milanarios. Again, I I do not know who that is. So, so does that mean it's just now Everton and Milanarios? Okay, so Milanarios apparently from Colombia. I I did no research into this, so that's why we're doing this all live. Yeah, so there was, I guess, so that was supposed to be like a semi-final final kind of like tournament dealy sort of thing, whatever. Um, but now it looks like that's not happening. So, okay, so yeah, they're they're not doing that. So yeah, they're literally having the one match now between Everton and Milanarios. Uh, all right, yeah, that's fine. I don't know why I'm laughing at them. I have nothing against them in- inherently, but I just think it's funny. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, wow, I'm actually kind of surprised Everton are still going. I, w- I would assume at this point you'd just be like, you know, Inter and Arsenal have already dropped out, so. Why would we do this? Especially in light of everything going on around the club right now. So, yeah. Uh, Arsenal also will be still playing in the Mind series with uh, Chelsea and uh, Tottenham. Those are still scheduled. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, big news. This one coming out of the BBC. I mean, it's reported everywhere, but we're using the BBC as a source on this. Um, Alex Scott. Um, BBC soccer presenter and former uh, England international footballer uh, will become the first female English-speaking commentator in a video game. Um, So she is going to be in FIFA 2022, and that is awesome. So she will be joined by former Arsenal West Ham footballer Stuart Robson. Um, So, yeah, you know, FIFA, you talk about FIFA being a reskin every year, and that's super true, but... Hey, uh, good for Alex Scott to get in on this and uh, and be in the game. So that's that's super awesome. Good for her. Good for her. Um, as always, we like to pimp the athletic here. Two big stories um, I think you should check out this week. One from Peter Rutzler. Uh, how Barcelona's wage bill has gone from highest in the world to on par with AC Milan and Tottenham. Um, yeah, uh, we talked about the restructuring of Messi's deal last week. Uh, this goes into it a lot and also shows you just what kind of excess spending Barcelona had been doing the last couple of years and how they have had to curve that substantially. It also does get into a little bit of Real Madrid, who are kind of having to do the same thing. Let's go check that out. And of course, oh, Zach Maisel, special place in my heart now after this article. Evolution of Manny being Manny, borrowed underwear, uncashed paychecks, carefree confidence, for a hitting savant. Um, possibly the best right-handed hitting baseball player of my lifetime, I would say, which is a little over 30 years now. Um, I feel like Wes would come close to saying the same thing. Mike Trout might have something to say about that. Um, but yeah, Manny Ramirez is absurdly amazing and is such a weird individual. So go check this out. It's a great breakdown from Zach Maisel um, on, on the, the Mercurial, again, 
using that word, uh, Slugger's career. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for my part. Uh, now let's drop it over to Anfield Corner, where Wes brings us all the latest news and, of course, all those juicy, juicy transfer targets he's looking at as we are in the thick of transfer season. So Wes, take it away. Hey guys, it's uh, Wes Bradshaw coming to you this week from the sauna at an unnamed location. Uh, currently the room I'm sitting in is a uh, balmy 180 degrees. Whew, got my protein shake, got a nice tricep uh, chest ab workout in today, folks. I'm, I'm glistening, I'm looking pretty freaking amazing. Man, what a day, what a day, and what a week it has been. Oh my goodness. No football games, no football matches, but just shit going crazy in both of them. And we're going to hit a little of them here in a few minutes, I think, for uh, this week's Anfield Corner. Um, so I guess bombshell number one to drop on me this week is Jordan Henderson leaving Liverpool. Um, shit. Why did someone need to suddenly put that thought in my head? Uh, Hendo coming off a Euro where uh, he helped uh, England make it all the way to the final before, of course, losing to uh, Italy on penalties. <sighs> you know, just seeing, well, okay, now Hendo can go off, get him some rest, come back, be ready to get going with the season. Because, I mean, hey, this is the captain. This is Jordan freaking Henderson. This is the only man in Liverpool history to have lifted the Premier League trophy and the European Championship. Or the Champions League. Where the hell you walk? I still call it the European Cup, so whatever. I'm old school. It's the only guy who's ever, it's the only captain who's ever lifted the Premier League for us. Yeah, this is Jordan Henderson. This guy, 10 years at the club right now. He's a lifer. He's told people. Sunderland and Liverpool, that's all he ever wanted to play for. That's all he ever wants to do. And then he gets dropped. Oh, well, he might go to PSG. Fuck PSG, man. I'm tired of PSG at this point. Even though I don't really hold anything against PSG. Um, not so much as I have in the past. Uh, you know, between them and City, I kind of see PSG as the lesser of those evils, mainly because, you know, we don't, as Liverpool, we don't have to play PSG twice a year every year and try to win a league against them. Um, uh, I, I don't know where it's coming from, but if you look at Liverpool's books, Liverpool have the bulk of that squad signed through the summer of 2023. You know, I was, if you've been a long-time listener of the podcast, hi, Mom, hi, Miss Green. Um, you know, three, four years ago, you heard me talking, man, you know, Liverpool, they have this, they're locking up this group for the prime of their careers. Uh, you know, this is going to be a hell of a run, da-da-da-da, and it has been, and they did, and it has been. It's been an amazing run. Well, the problem is, not this season, I don't think this season per se, it's a big issue, but maybe starting next season, the season after, you know, folks, everything comes to an end. Father Time is the only undefeated entity out there. Other than James Miller, who it appears is just like looking at qualifying, going, ah, have a Rabona. But, uh, you know, that's just Millie. You know, Millie's, Millie's kind of a different creature from everyone else ever. Um, 
you know, this Liverpool team, like I said, not this year. I don't think this is the year. I might not even think next year is the year, but this Liverpool team, it's coming to a transition phase. Um, you've already started to see some come in. You know, the, the future of this group is the Diogo Jota, Harvey Elliott, Trent Alexander-Arnold, um, Ibrahim Kanate, hopefully Joe Gomez, fingers crossed, uh, Curtis Jones. That, that group, that's your next... That's the next uh, spine of a of a Jurgen Klopp side. And you look at Jordan Henderson. I mean, he's on the wrong side of 30. Um, you know, Liverpool just let Jeannie Vine out and walk for literally just being 30. Um, and now Jordan Henderson, once again, still a couple years left on the deal, you know, summer 2023. Now, Liverpool have already started to take some uh, measures to get a few guys uh, get a few guys signed. Um, they have signed Allison to an extension this summer. Uh, where it is, uh, Fabinho is in the pipe. That's going to be the next one to happen. <clears throat> but when you look at it, you know, especially God, just look at the three up front: uh, Firmino, Mane, and Salah, all 29 years old. All, 29 years old, all three of the front three, all 29. Uh, Firmino's the oldest, I believe he's like a, maybe a, a February birthday or something. Uh, so he'll be 30 in the season. Uh, Salah just turned 29 in June, and I want to say Mane was maybe April. But you look at that group, 2023, you're not going to re-sign all three of those guys. You can't. You've got to rotate. You've got to bring in... Um, of course, uh, you know, Harvey Elliott, uh, maybe a natural uh, guy there. Uh, Jota, don't forget Mbappe, 2022. I mean, that's obviously the big one. You know, we're going to sign Kylian Mbappe, so somebody's going to leave for Mbappe. Um, <clears throat> but for Liverpool, it's going to be looking at the guys and deciding, you know, who do we need to keep? Allison. I mean, goalkeepers especially, they last longer. Allison was a no-brainer. Got to re-sign him. Fabinho, 27. You re-sign him. He's in his prime right now. Uh, Virgil. Virgil runs out in 2023. Um, I think they're definitely in the want-to-keep-Virgil camp. Uh, center defenders can last longer as well. Uh, but you want to kind of see how Virgil comes back from this injury. But it's a, it's a really – it's turned into a big time now for Liverpool because it's kind of like there's this – two-year kind of ticking, I don't want to say ticking time bomb, but it almost is that, where Michael Edwards is going to have to really get it right with this roster. You know, as a who do you keep, who do you sell? Yeah, that's the other thing. You don't want to get down like Vinaldum and just let him walk for free. Of course, the whole Liverpool model is based on you know, being able to make a profit off of guys. So... It's, it's going to be something coming up. But Jordan Henderson just really knocked me out of left field that they're somewhat of a contract impasse. Just because you kind of feel Henderson is the embodiment of the club. Uh, he is the captain. And I don't, I don't think there's anybody now who wants to see Jordan Henderson leaving Liverpool uh, until the day he decides to retire. Whew. So anyway, um, yeah. So much other stuff going on around the world as well. PSG just keeps loading up. 
uh, Donna Ruba is in there officially now. Um, of course, they're kind of in on everybody. This whole Barcelona saga. Oh, this is just, as Indian Ed like to say, this is just delicious. Seeing Barcelona imploding uh, from the inside because of the horrible, horrible contracts they've given people. Uh, and, and, you know, the thing is, you look at somebody like Greetsman, people are like, oh, well, he should just leave to go back to Athletic. Well, here's the thing, folks. That dude is making like 30 million. He's clearing like 30 million euros a year. That is insane money. And the thing is, no one else wants to pay him that money. Griezmann said he's gonna has said publicly he's gonna stick around to the end of his contract and leave and go to the United States and play in MLS. I mean, if I'm Griezmann, you know, you can want me to leave all day, but why would I give away that money if I'm in a city that I'm happy in, which apparently he is happy in Barcelona, city-wise. Um, I mean, yeah, why would I give you back that much money? I mean, that's life-alteringly big money. <laughs> and, you know, people want to say, oh, footballers, yeah, they make so much money. Folks, athletes, I, I am all about secure the bag as an athlete. You think about it, as a hotshot lawyer, you can work till you're 70, 75 years old. I mean, God, look at Roy Hodgson. He's 196, you know. The guy was in the Spanish-American War, probably fighting for the Spanish. Uh, you know, you can keep making your money there. You can still make a good salary. Footballers, I mean, Jesus. You know, look at look at someone like Sergio Ramos. Ramos is coming to the end of his career. He's younger than I am. I mean, he's in his mid-30s. He's just, you know, he's coming to the end of his cycle. Um, but, you know, that's why I have no problem with these guys. You know, go make your money. Go make your money. It, Especially when you've won things, go make your money. They're not in that, you know, we're talking about a handful of guys who they're not, you know, chasing the ring. They're not those guys. They're not, oh, I got to win a ring. You're not chasing the ring. Um, um, sorry, I almost had a wreck there. Uh, I am out of the steam room and onto the road now, folks. Uh, but you're not chasing the ring. You know, you're you're securing the bag. Make your money. Make your generational money. Make the money that's going to live you for the rest of your life. Got to do it now. So, um, you know, I think it's selfish of people to tell Greetsman, oh, you need to you need to stop being selfish. Why? You know, Greetsman has given over the years. It's, it's his time to make his. So I got zero problem with Greetsman saying, kiss my ass, pay me. Uh, but for Barcelona, they are in a shit show of trouble if they can't get some of this money shifted around. Now, I mean, you, you've got to expect that, you know, somehow Barcelona, you know, it's not going to be the doomsday scenario where you can't register Messi. Uh, I don't think you're going to end up there, but it's going to be some really uncomfortable moments uh, coming up for Barcelona. When it, when it comes down to making this work. And I, I, I thoroughly am enjoying uh, seeing them squirm. Uh, just the way that they've acted and treated people over the last some decade plus. I, I think it's kind of coming back to bite Barca a little bit in the ass. I'm all about that. Um, I touched on earlier, I said things on the football field. Um, and I'm talking college football field. I'm not going to hit it deep. Maybe next week when we get a chance to get back on together. Uh Jesus, you know, it was already crazy enough when we were talking about NIL and, once again, guys securing the bag. Bryce Young, who has not taken a snap as a quarterback at University of Alabama. I don't believe he's taken a snap. He has certainly not played any meaningful time for Alabama. 
Nick Saban said he's already got nearly seven figures in NIL money. Holy hell, man. I mean, I'm all for it. I'm for these kids. You know, make your money, guys. You know, you get this chance in life. Shit, yeah, cash in on it. You know, you can be on a you can be on a business scholarship. You know, you can be on an academic scholarship and get a job and, you know, uh, go work summers for Goldman Sachs or whatever. They can make money. Why can't these uh, Why can't these guys who have this skill, why can't they go market themselves and make money? I have no problem with it. But man, Bryce Young, shit, seven figures, and he hasn't even played yet for Alabama. That's insane, man. I really think NIL is going to be cool when the season gets going and things start happening. You know, crazy plays like, um, I'll just, just think of, uh, uh, you know, think about when Appalachian State beat Michigan in 2006. Yeah, that was a long time ago. But just think about that. Think about how that moment could have turned into something for Armani Edwards. You know, he could have he could have made bank off of that. Uh, they talk about um, uh, the kid from Villanova who hit the jumper to win the national title against UNC a few years ago. God, man, how he could have cashed in on that. Moments happen, man. Moments. I think guys are going to be making some sweet-ass deals for themselves when these moments start to happen. Oh, it's going to be so much fun, man. I always say, I'm not NIL, like, I'm not all in on NIL, as in, like, it's not all I'm paying attention to. I just think it's pretty cool for the kids. But what is, what I am into? Holy shit, the bombshell coming during SEC Media Days. Texas and Oklahoma have reached out to the Southeastern Conference about possibly joining the SEC. <gasps> what does that do, folks? A, that makes the super conference of super conferences right there. You had Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. Not only does it make the SEC like the juggernaut of juggernauts, even though it already is, what does that do to the Big 12? Ugh. Ugh. Sorry. Hey, I love Lubbock. That's my town, but... You know, Texas Tech ain't carrying a conference. TCU ain't carrying a conference. Oklahoma State ain't carrying a big conference. The next round of relocation and expansion and all that good shit, it's here. It's here, and it's two of the Blue Bloods moving it, Texas and Oklahoma. All right, guys, that's about all the time I've got for this week. Um, had fun, enjoyed it. Uh, the steam room was great. Folks, my triceps are hopping right now. I'm looking amazing. Jacked and tan here in the middle of a North Carolina summer. Uh, even though I'm in Virginia right now, but anyway. Um, anyway, we should be back next week. Um, love you guys. Oh, breaking news. Ready to finalize the deal to acquire Nelson Cruz from the Twins. Shit. That's another guy to hit off the Red Sox. Go Red Sox. Yeah, do it. All right, guys, this is Wes. It's been Anfield Corner. Love you, Ed. Talk to you next week. Later, folks. Thank you so much for that, Wes. And with that, that is going to bring us to the end of another edition of the A Foreign Affair podcast. As always, the podcast is presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. You can find them on the social media as well as us. Uh, as a collective, we are at AFA pod on Twitter. Uh, he is at West Bradshaw 21 and I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, the all new sports show. And you can email us at all new sports show at gmail.com. Thanks for our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker. I am not going to say their name, the tune in radio app, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, and Spotify. 
Um, so yeah, we will be back next week, I believe, live. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a ton of breakdowns to do uh, for new transfers. Um, maybe we'll even do the the our uh, grades. Grades for last year. I think we'll do something different this year. I think maybe what we'll do is we'll each just take like four teams and grade them all. And maybe maybe we'll like do four individually and then like one or two. I think you might be able to guess which ones those two would be. Um, just kind of go through them a little bit instead of going through every team because that's just kind of whatever. Especially in such a weird year like this year was. Um, so maybe we'll do something like that. That'll be kind of fun. Um, but for now, for my Colin Crime, Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thanks so much for joining us here this week on the Foreign Affair Podcast. Until next time, everyone, stay safe. And enjoy the football, even if it's currently Gold Cup and Olympic. You know what? Olympic soccer is pretty good. Go check out the Olympics. That's not bad. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSE Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.